Amen. Genesis chapter number 26. Um, I've got to give a shout out to the most beautiful woman in all the world back there who is great with child. Uh, Using the King James Version uh, there. Great with child, uh, carrying our fifth, our baby girl, who's coming uh, in January. Bezat Hashem, we don't know for sure. Uh, Maybe it will be the first week of January or I don't know. Anytime she makes a quick move right now, y'all might be sciatic, you know, the hips, that nerve, and she goes, ooh, I'm like, you can't do that anywhere in the third trimester uh, uh, to me. You should know that by now, but she did it today, and uh, it vexes me. Uh, But anyway, I'm so grateful for my beautiful wife. (laughs) I'm just a little bit of the nervous type when it comes to that, I suppose. Yeah, no, I ought to be a pro. That's true, but I'm not. Still a little bit of a nervous wreck. Genesis 26 and verse 12. Uh, we're also going to, uh, we're just going to read a handful of verses here in Genesis 26. If you're there, say amen. amen. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds, and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him for all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father. The Philistines had stopped them. How did they do it? They filled them with earth. Verse 18. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. I I don't know how long I'll preach tonight. Let's hope not too long. Uh, But... I do have to sleep tonight, and so I want to make sure that I convey to you what I feel like the Spirit would say to the church. Keep the dirt out of the well. Keep the dirt out of the well. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is truth and power. It is truly a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God, tonight, touch us, change us, and let us walk in the light of its illumination. We give you thanks and we give you praise for all of these things. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor before you're seated and tell them they look good. Amen. Digging wells is an important part of living in the Middle East. As we understand being in a dry climate, you have to go deep for the good, sweet, cool water. The wells in the Middle East were incredibly important because not only did it keep humans alive, but it also kept the flocks alive. The Bible is very clear to us that Father Abraham dug wells where he went He dug wells. The reason he did it, because he had a practice in his life of kindness. And one of the things that we understand from the Word of God that he knew he could do, not just for him and for his family, but for everyone else, that he could provide water to a region that was thirsty. This is the ministry of every one God apostolic in this room tonight. The ministry of kindness and understanding that if the mantle of Father Abraham has fallen upon us, and it has, not just the blessings, but also the responsibility of Abraham, you and I have a responsibility tonight to dig out some wells for a world that is thirsty for a word from God. But as we understand from the word of God also, not everyone in the world values wells like God's people value wells. 
The Bible tells us that the Philistines envied the family of God. And in their envy, they did something destructive. Not just destructive to God's people, but destructive to everyone that would pass by in this arid climate. They filled the wells with dirt. Now it's an interesting thing because you would think that a people like the Philistines would just say, we're going to take over the well and now the well is going to be ours. That was actually the spirit of the Philistines. In fact, the Philistines themselves had a very interesting practice. Let me just uh, say today, because we have a pastor that's a Zionist, that is an unapologetic, and a bishop that is an unapologetic supporter of the nation of Israel. And we need to be thankful for that. That hits right to my heart when I hear these men stand as firmly as they do for the nation of Israel. And I do believe with all of my being that the Abrahamic covenant is still alive and well. It might be in the oldest book of the Bible, in the book of Genesis chapter number 12, but it is still alive and vibrant today. I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I don't know about you, but I want to be a blessed people today. It's interesting. The Philistines, which today said that the Palestinians, in fact, and you say it in Arabic and in Hebrew as well, the Palestinians, it's just Philistines in Hebrew and in Arabic. So the spirit of the Philistines is still alive and well today. But it's not only alive and well in Israel The spirit of the Philistines and what the very name of the Philistines mean is people who migrate to conquer. They were a nomadic people, but not a noble nomadic people like the herdsmen of the plains of North America. No, the Philistines went to conquer, to take over lands that they did not inhabit to take over land, farmland that they didn't break up the fallow ground. They didn't dig the wells. They didn't dig the trenches. They migrated from place to place to live for today. So they became warriors. And that was their main profession. If we are warriors, we can go from here to there. We don't have to worry about planting. We don't have to worry about watering. We don't have to worry about digging wells. There is a spirit of the Philistine that if you don't watch, will try to get into your heart as well. That will, oh boy, there it was. I'm about to break it down Gerber style. Either that or you're about to break me down Gerber style. I don't know which one. Think about it for just a moment. Individuals who like to migrate, they go with a warrior mindset. If I don't like it there, I'll go there. Who cares about planting and watering? I've got my sword in my hand. That's all I need. Well, Bible Thumper, I'm very proud of you that you do good on your sword drills. But let me give you a little bit of a Bible study here today. God's people have always been well diggers. God's people have always been sowers. God's people have always been harvest reapers. And I believe today with all of my heart, Pentecostals of Anderson, come on. I believe that God has called us to be a holy generation. A royal priesthood. We've got to keep the dirt out of the well. We cannot allow the spirit of the Philistines to get in our heart. Too much of that going on today. Now, here's the interesting thing. I am willing, and I believe that everyone in this place, if we're we're trying to have a righteous spirit, we can say that I am willing with all of my being to share this living water with everyone that I can. After all, we dig the wells, but we did not create the water. 
This living water belongs to every soul today. Every soul. So I'm willing to share it with anyone. Everyone is willing, who is willing to come and take a drink, come and take a drink. No problem. It's free. It's for all. It's for the thirsty soul. But let me tell you where I have my problem. When individuals, under a guise of holiness, try to come and put dirt in my well. No dirt in my well. What am I talking about today? I was blessed. I wasn't raised in church. I came from a very secular background. Didn't have any religious people in my family except for the Orthodox Jews who were kind of an interesting bunch because they started to come to Sunday night church service with palettes on and big beards sitting on the back. Not kidding, with the tambourine, they loved to hear the choir sing. I said, who's that on the back two rows there? Bunches of them, lots of kids. And looking back, that's Lang's family back there. I'm up there in the choir. I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go again. I don't know what's going to happen here before this is all said and done. I was from a secular background, very secular background. Wasn't raised in church. No one took me to the church and taught me the word of God. But when I got to the church... Nobody beat around the bush. The reason? Because they wanted me to drink of the pure waters of the well. We cannot allow this world to muddy up this spring of living water, which God wills for each and every individual to partake of in holiness and in righteousness. No, no, no. It is the will of God that everyone drink of this water that you will not thirst again. So my pastor was very clear with us. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can't get there any other way. This is the gospel. I did not come up in a church that flirted around with Trinitarian doctrine. Therefore, today, I don't flirt around with Trinitarian doctrine. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be a one God apostolic tongue-talking, holy-rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. But I would have never gotten there. I would have never gotten there if someone hadn't looked at me square in the eyes and said, Jeremy, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. We're living in a day and we're living in an hour where too many people are trying to throw some dirt in the water and say it's all right to mix a little bit of the world in the water. No, no, no. A thousand times no. The only thing that's going to save you is the whole counsel of God. My pastor said, you got to dress right. He looked right across the table at me and said, this is right and this is wrong. But today, it doesn't matter to a lot of people how long the skirt is as long as you're wearing a skirt. Oh boy, the cold wind just blew in on that one. But when my pastor preached it, the Holy Ghost wind blew in. A little foundation on the face isn't going to hurt you a little bit. No, no, no. Keep the dirt out of the water. You better thank your lucky stars today, church family, that you have a pastor that stood up before thousands of people at National Youth Convention and said, makeup is wrong. You need to get it off. You need to look right. You need to dress right. Mm, 
boy, come on somebody. I was the first one on my feet because I was thankful that on a national platform where people said, it's unlawful to do that anymore. No, no, no. If the word of God is being preached, we got to get behind it. I believe this. My pastor didn't pull punches. He looked right at me and said, Jeremy, you got to get this right. I've still got it inside of me today. He said, you got to hold on to this, Jeremy. Because there's coming a day whenever people are going to have itching ears. Oh, I want to hear what the Word of God, what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. I know it's not always the most popular message. We like to shout. We like to dance. Oh, yes. Some of you all thought, man, if Lang's going to come and preach, we're going to learn Hebrew tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> that this is going to be a very cranial, this is going to be a Sunday night Bible study. No. We live in a world that will muddy up the well. Every time you turn on your television. I don't take it back. Every time. Hollywood has one agenda. One. The spirit of the Philistine wants to see the wells of Abraham filled to the brim. The reason? Because it's the wells of Abraham that the world is looking for that drink of water. And if your well can be filled with the dirt of Hollywood. Rather than being filled with the living water. And with the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on somebody. I... Mm, I feel an anointing in this house. I believe with all of my heart that some of us need to throw our TVs out the window. We've learned in 2020 how little we need Hollywood, how little we need sports, how little we need entertainment. We've learned more in this year how much we need Jesus. We've learned more in this year How sweet we want those waters to be. Come on, somebody. I don't want the muddy waters of the world. we got to keep the dirt out of the well. Throw some earth in that well. That's what they're telling you. That's their message. Just throw a little bit in there. Just a little bit of dirt. What is dirt? What is earth? It's just a little bit of the world. Throw a little bit of the world in there. No, no, no. Oh, boy. Mom, am I doing okay? All right, good. I got to ride home with her. I don't have to ride home with any of you. The Bible is very clear. Isaac digged again the wells of water. Oh, we need to get some shovels in our hands tonight. I have good news for someone in this place tonight. You're sitting there thinking, oh my. I've allowed my well to be filled with too much of this world. I have good news for you. We serve a God who not only is willing, but he's able to wash you clean. And guess what? You have a pastor and you have a brother or a sister sitting next to you in this place with shovel in hand who is ready and willing to say, come on, dear brother. Come on, dear sister. Let's get the dirt out of this well. This is the reason why studying the word of God is important. This is the reason why being faithful to prayer is important. This is the reason why hearing the word of God is important. Because every time that you hear it, that you read it, that you pray it, it's just one more way of keeping the dirt out of that well that is a precious possession. 
As I said, I wasn't born in church and raised in church. Oh, I, I envy uh, some of you who have. Well, I envy my kids, I guess. I, my pastor also taught me that if you're not doing everything that you can to win souls, you're going to hell. Yeah, you, you all didn't believe me whenever I said he didn't pull punches. No, he, he didn't pull punches. The reason he said most of the time that people don't invest in soul winning is because they're ashamed. And the Bible says that if you're ashamed of him, I don't want to stand before him in judgment and him be ashamed of me. The other scripture that he used to justify his doctrine was the Bible says, any tree that does not bear fruit is hewn down and cast where? We all know that we're the tree. We all know what the fruit is. Now where's the fire? It's compelling when you look at it like that, isn't it? That every single one of us was filled with the Holy Ghost for one reason. Not to see how pretty we can speak in tongues. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful to be a part of that uttermost gang today. So I went to my parents and I taught them a Bible study. And my parents baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. So then I went to my grandparents. Thank God. Taught my grandparents a Bible study. They were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And today they're in the presence of the Lord. Young people hear me today. I wasn't raised in the church. I was 16 and 17 years old whenever I won my parents and my grandparents. And now I don't know if I'm a third generation or a first generation. I don't know if it's retroactive. I don't know if it starts with me and then goes backwards or if, or if grandma was first. Brother Bingham, how does that work? I don't know. But it's an interesting thought. This fire was ignited in my soul for this truth. It all came because someone looked at me and said, Jeremy, there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father who is above all, through all, and in you all. Without any reservations. So I remember... My first time coming into the church, there was a young man uh, who invited me to the church and he invited me for eight, nine months, high school. And, um, oh, I remember telling him no with great excitement in my heart. He didn't know, but each time he asked me, I felt like that no came out a little bit slower. Over eight or nine months. I'm talking several times a week he invited me. Imagine if he would have stopped after the first rejection. I don't even like to think about it. But I went fishing on a Sunday morning and was driving back to my house. Oh my, I remember this as if it was yesterday. And as I was driving along, I saw him. And he saw me, and he blew the horn and honked. And then he tore out after me. I'm like, oh, no, now he's going to find out where I live. I'm never going to get rid of this guy. So I pull up to my house. I get out. He pulls up. I'm trying to unload my fishing equipment. And he says, hey, Jeremy, I'll be by in one hour to pick you up for church, okay? I, and before I knew it, I said, all right. See you then. He took off. I mean, he mashed it. He got out of there before I had a chance to change my mind. 
Quick work, yes. Exactly. I didn't have anything to wear. Now, Pastor Luke and I, we're the same age. And as he's already said, we were ordained the same time. But I bet I had something that he never had. And that was a pair of Jinko jeans. Well, you couldn't have borrowed mine. But some of you ladies could have used one leg for a jean skirt. Some of you all don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Each pant leg was huge. And you never wore them up properly. You walked around and the bottoms of them would drag the ground. And I had on the long shirt and I had long hair and big chop sideburns. Go ahead. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> Nightmares are coming to you tonight. <laughs> I played bass guitar in a rock band. We never got out of the garage, but we had a band. We thought we were awesome, but we weren't. But we lived that lifestyle. The dope, the everything. I'd smoke anything that wouldn't smoke me first. That is the fact. But I want to tell you, the first time that I walked in to an apostolic church, in my condition, I was embraced by everyone there. And I sat near the back of that church and the choir got up there in their robes and were swaying and were singing and they were singing hallelujah and shouting hallelujah I had no idea what hallelujah meant now I can break it down for you letter by letter in Hebrew and tell you the deepest meaning of the word but they were up there singing it up there singing it and I realized something I wasn't just the headbanger anymore. I liked gospel music too. Revelation came upon me at that moment. And I started tapping my foot. And let me just tell you, when you come into an apostolic church and you start tapping your foot, you're done. Because once that movement starts there, You realize that the leg bone's connected to the hip bone. Come on, somebody. And then before you know it, you're in waters to swim in. Come on, somebody. <laughs> this is the reason why when that woman who was half Jew and half Goy or Gentile? The Bible says that she met Jesus. And where did she meet Him? It was not a well that was muddied with the dirt of this world, but it was a pure word. It was not an easy word. It was an assertive word. And some of the things that the Messiah said to that woman could have very easily offended her. But her hunger was more potent than her offense. We got too many people that their offense is stronger than their hunger. You'll never amount to anything in the kingdom of God when your offense is stronger than your hunger. But oh, I might stumble from time to time, but my hunger for truth and my hunger for God and my hunger for holiness, it outweighs my offense. Would it never happen to an individual who came to a place where there were muddied waters in the well. But Jesus looked right at her and said, Yes, you've not had one husband. You've had five. And now you're shacking up with someone who's not even your husband. She could have said, 
Who do you think you are, Mr. Perfect? That's the Philistine spirit. But even though this woman was half Jew and half Gentile, her hunger outweighed it. The reason, because she carried with her to that well a vessel with her history written on it. This was the custom in Judea. You know your family Bibles that have marriages and births and deaths all recorded in them? This was done on water pots in ancient Judea. A few years ago, they even found a horde of them with family histories etched in Aramaic on them. I can't help but the inner Indiana Jones in me wanted to have just an hour or two with them to see if it was perhaps this woman. Because she didn't carry her bucket with her. Oh, I love this. All of her family history was written on there. Can you imagine? All of the husbands she had, and there their names were written and then etched out to make room for the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one. Her water pot was filled with the sin of her past on the outside. That's the reason why she was ashamed to go to the well at the time when everybody else went. Because everyone said, look at her water pot. No room on that water pot. Look at all the names on that water pot. Look at her past on her water pot. Sometimes the dirt we have to deal with isn't always in the well. Sometimes it's on our way to the well. That wasn't in my notes. That was a free one. But on this day, she was going to go to the well to get water, but instead she got water. Preach it, Brother Lang. That was good right there. I'm going to tweet that later. She went to the well to get water, but instead she got water. And the water was so good, what did she leave at the well when she went home? Her water pot. Every bit of her past, all of her sin, she left it at the well. She would have never gotten to this place in her life if somebody would have patted her on the back and said, oh, it's okay, it's all right. No, no, no. Jesus said, listen, you've got to have a revelation of who I am. I'm not just a sir. I'm not just a prophet. I am the Messiah whom your fathers have preached about. This is the reason why we need to thank God every time that somebody stands in this pulpit and tells us the truth of what the Word of God says because you're not going to get it on Facebook. You're not going to get it on the news. You're not going to get it in the newspaper. This is the reason why during all of this 2020, Pastor has carried the burden of a shepherd for each one of us. Why? Because he understands that the only place... That we're, we can hear the word of God is in the church. Yes, you can read it and you should. But faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. What I need is an unadulterated word directly from the throne room of God. So, the Bible tells us this woman left her vessel at the well and she said come see a man what happened the moment that she tasted that living water she became a soul winner do you think she was ashamed no she became a soul winner come see a man who's told me everything that i've done is this not the messiah but what brought her to this place a firm word that's not always spoken firmly in this day And that is, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him 
in spirit and in truth. You can't have one without the other. The question has often been asked, why is it that when it comes to the dietary law that God gave to Moses in the, uh, in the scripture, why was it that there were always two signs that had to be there? Why was it that to eat an animal it had to chew the cud and have a cloven hoof? Because you need to have two witnesses there. We see the two or three witnesses all throughout the scripture. How come a fish has to have fins and scales? You've got to have two witnesses there. For something to be kosher, there has to be two witnesses. You want to be a kosher worshiper? You can't have one without the other. Oh, boy. There's a worldly example, isn't it? That's a great word, brother. There are some people that have truth without spirit. And there are some that have spirit without truth. The Father's not looking for one or the other. Oh boy, I'm going to get back here. It's so important that we have both. There's a lot of people today that are worshiping in spirit. And it resembles us. In many ways. The spirit is there. The clapping is there. All of those things are good. They, they worship in spirit, but they don't have the truth. Worship, that's good. But that's not all. There's more. In fact, I've told people before, if you want your worship to be really spirit-filled worship, get baptized in Jesus' name and fill with the Holy Ghost. And begin worshiping the one true God, not the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There's not a Trinitarian bone in my body. I've heard it said before, someone asked their pastor, who was a denominal pastor, I feel like that I... I pray to the Father more than the Son and the Holy Ghost. And they talked to me about this. I said, I have a solution for you. <laughs> Let's open the Bible. Yeah, Jesus said, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Yeah. What are you talking about? No. The Bible then tells us in the book of John, chapter number 10, when Jesus said, I and my Father are one, the Bible tells us that the Jews picked up stones to stone him. We think about this. Jesus said, many good works have I done. For which of them do you stone me? They said, not for your good works do we stone you, but because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. They never, and Jesus never disputed that claim. He never said, oh, no, 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 you got it all wrong. Jesus very clearly let them say what they said. Why? Because they were Pharisees. And Pharisees believed that when Messiah comes, he will be all spirit. They knew that it would be God. But they understood one thing very clearly. That Different from the Sadducees who believe when Messiah comes, he's going to be all man. The Pharisees said when Messiah comes, he'll be all spirit. What did Jesus do? He came down the middle of the road. And in coming down the middle of the road, he looked at them and he said, it's because of your traditions that you have made the word of God of none effect. I'm not all the way to the left. I'm not all the way to the right. I'm right down the middle of the road. I am God manifested in the flesh, but I'm justified in the spirit. He let them say it. You want your spirit. 
spiritual worship to be kicked up a notch. Worship the one God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and see what will happen in your life. Likewise, oh, we've got some who've got great truth. Great truth. You know how many gods there are? One. Someone asks you, what must I do to be saved? Your Bible flops open to Acts chapter 2. Come on, somebody. But when it comes to worship in spirit, you almost raised your hand. Oh, no. What time is it? You like the old hymn, I shall not be moved. Oh, yes. We're on you all day. I don't know about you, but the longer that I have served him, the more I have to worship him and to praise him for. You know, it should not always be new converts that outshout the seasoned saint. When I read the prophet, the Bible says... That as he walked into the water, it started at the ankles. But the longer he walked, the deeper it got. Until finally he got to waters that he could not pass over. Waters to swim in. I would to God that every one of us in this place would get in waters to swim in before we leave this place tonight. Because I understood as a new convert, whenever I came into the house of God, some very interesting things happened. Oh boy. Okay, I will, since I've got your permission. Yeah, I sat on the front row with other young ministers that were training with me, Pastor, and we just worshiping, just shouting and uh, all these things, and I just love to worship. I got in with some uh, elder saints in the church, and I said, tell me about the old days. They said they used to call us holy rollers. And I said, is it because the ladies put their hair up in rollers? They said, no. We, we rolled under the power of the Holy Ghost. The very, I'm not kidding, God hears me. The very next service that I walked in, I took off running across that church. And I dove and just started rolling. The reason? Because the wells that were dug before me, I wanted every bit of the sweetness of that water that I could. That same night, someone took off dancing, kicked me in the stomach, and then countered right into my forehead with the other foot. That was my test. The next service, I rolled in the floor again. This time with one eye open. So we were worshipers, praisers. That's what I love. I had a sister that came up to me. It was one of the sisters that, that I didn't think she liked me very well. says he knows her. <laughs> Pastor, you might. Uh, <laughs> she'd come up to me and she said, Jeremy, you and all those young preachers, you all are just brown nosing the pastor. Let's call this, sis- this sister, let's call her Sister Deacon's wife because I don't want to slip and give her name. She came up to me. <laughs> Take the deacon off the boat, put the board on your head. <laughs> I done forgot my message. <laughs> this sister said this to me, and she said, It's all just show. You'll get mature one of these days. Hmm. 
One day, yeah, trying to throw dirt in my well. Well, there are some times where you don't have to defend it. God keeps the dirt out of your well. And that's what happened on this occasion. The sisters had gone on to a ladies' conference, and I was up on the platform on the Sunday after that they had returned, and I was doing some things, getting water and everything ready. And I saw Sister Deacon's wife come into the back door, and I was looking. What's wrong with her face? She beelined it straight towards me. Come up. The closer she got, I realized she had a big shiner, big black eye. I thought, somebody has laid hands on her suddenly. <laughs> oh, she came up to me and it was tears or fluid or I don't know what it was, something. Plasma, I don't know what it was coming out of her eye. Swollen shut. I mean, it was a big old poofy thing. And she said, Brother Jeremy, I'll never make fun of your worship again. And I said, oh, sister, what happened? You got thrown through a windshield? I didn't know. She said, I was at ladies' conference and something got a hold of me. And I went headlong into the pew in front of me. It was very sympathetic on the outside, but on the inside. Yes. If you're not a believer now, you will be a believer by and by. Make fun of some of these people for running the aisles. Make fun of some of these people who are shouting. God might just have a pew with your name on it. Don't knock my worship. You don't know like I know. You don't know where he brought me from. You don't know where he brought me from. You don't know how he brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you're going to have to forgive me while I show forth the praises of him. You might say it's all for show. You jolly well got it right. The Bible says show forth the praises of him. I wonder is there anybody in the house that's ready to show forth the praises of him that's brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah, Jesus. If being spiritually mature means sitting back on my laurels, seeing how much Holy Ghost I can withstand before I finally move, I hope I never get spiritually mature. Spiritual maturity will always be gauged by sensitivity. Not by how much you can withstand. Oh, if the right song is saying, I'll shout, you're immature. You need to have your shout and your praise and your worship in spirit if the piano player sounds like they're playing with mittens on. Come on, somebody. My worship is based on his goodness. Not on how good I sing, not on how good I preach, not on how good I dance, not on how beautiful I speak in tongues. My worship is dependent upon His goodness, not how good I am. Tonight, I couldn't help but become overwhelmed, church family, hearing them sing that song. There is a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Jeremy Lang. The same one that was born out of a Holy Ghost family. The same one that didn't have any chance at all in this world. But oh Jesus the living water. The well of living water stepped in and saved me. 
This is the reason why I get excited when I read Isaiah chapter number 12 and verse number 1. Remain standing with me tonight. The Bible says, and in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away. And thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord Hashem is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, everyone shout therefore. Shout therefore with joy. Shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. I want to preach to somebody tonight and tell you. The wells of salvation are here in this place tonight. And I believe it would do some soul in this place good to take a long drink from that well that never runs dry. Hallelujah. with joy so here's what we're going to do we're going to give God some praise but I want you to remember before we do tonight that God is looking for those two witnesses spirit and in truth and the world would like to throw some dirt in your well you need to live every day of your life defending that well it's precious this is the wells of Abraham that we're talking about tonight so let's go ahead and give God praise he's worthy today he has become my salvation go ahead